OTB Sports Rugby. What do you make of the Scott Robertson rumours uh, to replace Lancaster at Leinster? That's new, that's new to me. Um, I hear it and I like it. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. You know, that wasn't an All-Ireland winning performance. Probably should have won the game based on their second-half performance. Is it a step too far to say it was the performance so far of the World Cup? Maybe not. OTBAN's performance rankings with Gillette. I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head at performances which just lacked that intensity. Boom. Where are we going? We will start in the red. Um, and Ronaldo and Neymar being uh, finished, I think, is the, the correct term. Dead end for superstars. Uh, we might as well start with Neymar. Because uh, since that uh, that game was on first, wasn't it? The, the, the whole weekend seems like a blur because of the, the order of the matches. But uh, Neymar not having the, uh, I guess, the leadership to step up and take his penalty first. Um, he already had scored a penalty in this World Cup. He is the Brazil penalty taker. He's taken more career penalties combined than the rest of the entire Brazil squad. And yet when it comes to a shootout, he doesn't do a Messi. Messi stands up first and takes penalty for Argentina. Uh, he does what you see some other superstars doing as well. Ronaldo and Salah are guilty of this as well, lads. You know, lining themselves up for the fifth penalty, wanting the headlines, steal the moment. They know that's the penalty that's going to stick in people's heads the most, historically speaking, if it is the winning penalty. But the odds of it being the winning penalty, I think Neymar potentially owes an apology to Rodrigo and to Marquinhos, the two players who missed for Brazil in that shootout against Croatia. Um Put them in an awkward position. No, he, he no they've got a score. They've got a score. Well, They're Brazil. They've got a score. They can't be like I think. Uh, I. Uh, I mean, I do think his goal was absolutely sensational. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, I think it was Owen Cowser tweeted. That's the the problem with Neymar is that ninety nine times out of a hundred he goes down in that scenario and looks for the penalty, but he can do that. Huh. I, uh, like uh, I thought. It, I thought it was his legacy World Cup moment. This is it. This is the bit, and it should have been like. The, the, this game should never have gone to penalties. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. At all. Yes, but this was a Brazil team who had had the game won, had done everything they need to do against a very dangerous, tricky opponent. And for whatever reason, they're like, oh, let's just play it around like it's a training game with three and a half le- minutes left to go. Uh, it was idiotic. That bit was idiotic. Penalties, I know. Like, ah, come on. Someone's got to take the fifth. You want your best? No, you at, want your best taken first. You're the leader the of the end, team. You have to end. take first. But it's actually not that hard. They've been practicing for years. They know what the story is. Yeah, but Neymar is Neymar is They're the like best high-end World Cup footballers. He's the best penalty taker on that team by by probably by far in yeah, terms of experience I mean, taking penalties as well. Uh, certainly, in, in, in experience terms, like you have to go first, second, or third if you're the best penalty taker because that means you're guaranteed a kick. I mean, to go fourth or fifth, fifth especially is to go fifth in particular. We don't know what order uh, Neymar might have been, but like I mean. It, that was that was ego driven, one hundred percent. When you see Ronaldo doing it, when you see Salah doing it, it's always ego driven. It's also the most pressurized kick. You know, at the end of it, you're like, lads, these, these are the, there's no pressure on you. I'm gonna I'm gonna take all the pressure. I I like look, someone has to take the fifth penalty. First you, penalty sets the tone. You, that, that's got, the pressure kick. You've got David O'Leary standing over. You're like, oh no, how did this happen? It's hardly, it's hardly the pressure kick if you don't get to the fifth penalty. You don't even have to take it. Well, You're like, oh, I can bow out here. Because you expect the rest of the chumps not to miss. You can't I, do think, I do think that the goal is going to get lost in the annals of this World Cup. And that's one of the reasons why this is now turning into... I mean, uh, it, was, it was predicted last week in that very seat column that this has been a great World Cup. One of the best since we've been alive. 
Mm-hmm. It has now catapulted itself into the realms of all-time great World Cups. Mm-hmm. Uh, those four quarterfinals were absolutely it was incredible. Like, I mean, like the Brazil-Croatia at this point was just an appetizer, and I thought, oh, this will be the moment of the weekend. <laughs> Neymar's all-time goal that was going to finally catapult him into the true greats of the game for all the talent that he has. There's always a bit of a feeling that he's a bit of a waster, like that he could have done so much more with himself, even though he's by rights, you know, in the point zero 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 one percent top successful footballers of all time, there's still a feeling that oh, you could be so much more. And he did it against Croatia and it was like, oh yeah, they're going to fall apart here, the Croatians. They're not the team they were four years ago when they reached the final. And then just this incredible side, like with the psyche of mentality monsters that Jurgen Klopp talks about all the time is that they just do not go away. And like in the build up to their equaliser, you know, Emma mentioned it in our pre-show meeting, just Modric's turn and through ball and it was like, well, they have that little bit of sprinkle mm-hmm. of quality, but really what they have is resolve. And then as they approach the box for the equaliser, it's like, oh, they have a chance here. Just swing that boot at it and that deflection of Marcinus. And then uh, Alisson was just, you know, his face, just the, the crushing blow of his face. He realises, I'm not going to get to this. And then when I got the penalties, I'm like genuinely, I'm thinking, oh, like Croatia, they, they could win this. And do you know why? Because Rodrigo went first for Brazil and I was like, this guy doesn't want to be there. He has to take a first name out, doesn't he? He does not want to be there, this guy. He's going to miss this penalty. He does not want to. So Neymar's his hero, right? Rodrigo looks up to Neymar. Look, and like, from a distance, they were exact same footwear as well. And they have the same running style as well. It's like, they're so, so similar looking Mm. when he came on. And then uh, when he runs up, takes the penalty, this massive run up. And I was like, he's going to put this, he's going to put it right. He's going to like, all his body language is going to the right. And the keeper knows this. And he doesn't want to be there. Whatever the opposite of leadership is, that's what Neymar uh, that's what Neymar showed in that penalty shootout. Like you have to put your hand up in the group before you take a, before the penalty shootout starts and say, I'm up first. You don't you don't ask, you don't you don't suggest you well, must have talked about it beforehand. Somebody somewhere like whatever about the penalties, right? Like the game was there for them. They were the better side, clearly. Yeah. And they they couldn't get it done, and it's a it's a, a very like there was a, a a long period when we were kids growing up from the the essentially the eighty six World Cup, the eighty two World Cup. You're like, okay, that's a bit strange that they got beaten like that. I I don't remember that, but the eighty six World Cup they go out in penalties, and then from that point forward until they win the penalty shootout in the cup final in the World Cup final in ninety four, there's this kind of sense of there's a flakiness within Brazilian football, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the teams come along after that, and the dam bursts and they. They harvest World Cups for a while, but they, there seems to be a flakiness in them. Well, there was the feeling when they went one up that they had won it. They, they were playing like they had won it. Um, they, their intensity dropped significantly, and I thought, I think they thought, well, Croatia don't have much going forward. Like so, as long as we control possession, we're fine here. But they were playing like they were two or three up, and it was one. Yeah. And uh, Croatia saw that, and they went one last chance, and they got it. But look, for Neymar not taking the penalty. Uh, it's good that that happened because then we saw Marquinhos' penalty with the drama of that. It's one of the all-time great World Cup moments, the clang of the post, mm-hmm. the split-second delay in his reaction where he's like, oh my God, I just missed, and the falling to the knees. Like, that is the World Cup montage sewn up when it's all said and done. That's going to be played to some dramatic opera music because that was beautiful. It was like, because it was, you know, I would say again, a well-struck penalty, low and hard. Nope. Smacks the post and it's the and it comes through so well this. on the mics. There's nothing so, well so struck. Well. There's nothing well struck about a penalty. It comes post. through so well on the microphones. If the anything, if anything, he struck it too well, Shane. Crushing Jesus, disappointment. Yeah. The crushing disappointment. Are there any awards for hitting the, the ball well and yeah, hitting exactly. the post? Amazing. Special prize. Uh, yeah, he prize. did everything. He did everything right. No, he did, did, did nothing right. So what about Ronaldo? Uh, Ronaldo, sorry, can I just point out? Kevin Sheedy took the first penalty for Ireland in the in the Romania penalty shootout. He can strike a ball well. He stood up. 
as a leader. No one remembers that penalty, but he knew that he could score it. Everyone talks about David Leary going fifth grand, but Kevin Sheedy had the cojones to step up and say, I can hit penalties well, I'm going first. Name you only have respect for people who go first and the other four plus penalty takers for you are chumps. Uh, I think I, that's I, leadership there, I, stepping I, up first. I think this is a bit of a red herring, to be honest. Fair, but uh, yeah, it's, it's not the point. But look, Neymar said he was psychologically destroyed after the game. I think he was psychologically destroyed before the shit had even started. But he just, he just had his World Cup moment. Yeah. That was his Maradona moment. He should have been in good form then, ready to take the penalty. But anyway, you want to move on to Ronaldo. I think we should. Ronaldo, another man uh, who makes it all about himself. Walking down the tunnel in tears as the rest of his Portugal teammates uh, congratulated their, their opponents on a good victory, walked around the stadium thanking the Portuguese fans for being there, uh, while Ronaldo... Um, look, I'm not going to blame him for the tears, because it's probably his last, it is his last World Cup, let's be honest. He'll be 41 by the time the next one rolls around, uh, but you'd never rule him out. But, I mean, he made it all about himself. Uh, he came off the bench, had no impact on the game, had one, I suppose, reasonably good chance... Bono saved from Morocco. Like, and to be fair, Gonzalo Ramos, who scored the hat-trick during the week, was fairly irrelevant against Morocco as well. Portugal generally just weren't good. Um, and Ronaldo again. I know we shouldn't probably be talking about Ronaldo, but I guess... Uh, I think the Ronaldo-Messi argument is now finished. We've, 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 we've all agreed, haven't we, that, that there's no point even talking about it anymore because uh, Messi's shown a number of times leadership, steps up... Um, now, Messi's not perfect in, off the pitch in terms of his Saudi tourism stuff and the Qatari money, but uh, in terms of on-pitch at this World Cup, there's been a gulf there. And uh, I think Ronaldo just made it all about himself. He came out with this big statement on Instagram after the match and pointing out that I never, you know, all these rumours about him falling out with Fernando Santos and you know stepping away from the team and being angry at not getting playing. He denied all that, but um, it's hard to deny that when he came off the bench, he had no impact. And then uh, the tears at the end were... Or I guess the iconic image of this World Cup for Ronaldo fans. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's very necessary to talk about him this morning because, in theory, lads, this is the last time we'll ever really see him on a prominent stage ever. This yeah. could be it for him. You know, he could play his club football in a in a lower quality league, and he'll rack up the goals, and we'll hear about him. I'm sure the goals will be seen online, and he'll probably score a screamer here or there. And then I think we'll be reflecting on in a few years' time. It's like God Almighty. His demise was so rapid in that last year because in his last full season at top level football, he scored 24 goals in all competitions for Manchester United and was at times the shining light in a very poor season. And then the next season onwards, he, just, he scored that goal. He scored against Ghana. That penalty was his fourth goal uh, in all competitions and teams this season. The other goals, like two against Sheriff in the Europa League and one against Everton, which was a good goal at Goodison Park. And that was his last for United. And then he scores that one penalty against Ghana and then he leaves the World Cup if he doesn't play again having never scored in the knockout stages. But yes, he's the first man to score in five World Cups, so he still has that legacy. He'll be happy with that. Yeah, look, his, uh, his, his, his legacy uh, is going to be an incredible footballer. Of course, but the not way a, not a great human being that everybody can aspire mm. to. to you know, that's, so many of our great footballers are... Uh, but there's a real possibility that this is, uh, this is it, that we're never really going to see Ronaldo again properly. Mm. That's all right. That could be it. He's he's had a good innings. Of course he has. But the time to get out around since um, two thousand and three. Someone else's go. Yeah, he's part of people's um, upbringing. You know, he's a huge part of it, and that's it. That's probably going to be the way it ends with him um, crying down the tunnel and being escorted away. As someone tweeted, like um, when I was young and as the I lost my mum. The shame of it being escorted away, and that's you, how Ronaldo um, finishes. The four K camera following following down the tunnel uh, was a bit insidious, but I mean, still, you, you feel emotional. 
Well, yeah, I think because um, it is the end of an era. Like I've just realised that this is actually this is a this moment is it, yeah. for you, yeah. Because I like this happens. People move on. You know, yeah. no, I know. I I understand how time works, but yeah. I'm just saying it's um, you know, it is the end, really. Like that's the last we're going to see of him. And I look for it's been a long time now since I loved him because that was really in the noughties, as Shane has already alluded to himself. We all know Shane's opinion on Ronaldo at this stage. He's sick to death of him. But Shane still appreciates the old street, the old nine era of Ronaldo. But I think he's just, you know, one of the greatest players of all time. He's going to kind of uh, fade out now. As, as, but as ra- rather than the Zidane or Cantona go out with a bang, he's just going to fade away because he's going to want to score as many goals as humanly possible before mm-hmm. he stops having the ability to kick a football. So that could go on to his early 40s. We may not see him. Unless, unless someone sees fit to redeem this guy's career to top level. Someone um, could do that. I could see him playing a couple of seasons in the championship with somebody trying to, because there'll be goals and there'll be money and there'll be English and, and the English championship. Like, <laughs> like Jack, come on. Well, uh, so, I was listening to Rob McElhenney the other day, right, doing uh, an interview about... He can join Rex and bring them from the National League North. Seasons, seasons three and four have not yet been renewed. What would happen? But like, it's just some, some kind of revenue share. The, the money is insane. No, I mean, is that a serious suggestion or? No, no, nothing. You're just testing if me and Colm are awake on this Monday morning so far. Colm's not, so you keep going there. Go on. <laughs> so uh, Ronaldo's in the red. Ronaldo's in the red. Will we move on from the red? I do think that, like, um, if Pepe just hits the target, like Portugal had many, 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 many chances. They did. They should have, like, they should have fair play to Morocco, but like, yeah. I think. Uh, Portugal will be sickened that this is a chance for them to win the World Cup. What are they doing? What are you doing? Yeah, it, it was a, it was an open goal. Like it was there for the taking. We saw the performance in the last sixteen game, and you're thinking this Portugal team are, are brilliant. Just batting away a Swiss team that that everyone knows is a good knockout team. But I don't know. I I, I think the writing was on the on the wall as soon as Ronaldo was coming on. He looked very focused coming off the bench, and and look, some goal. It was some. It was some goal. It was like supreme athleticism from Morocco like it was Jordan-esque getting up there and still being able to yeah it was game management from then but But um, Portuguese goalkeeper also no good no good yeah look they had a number of fellas who didn't step up uh, at the weekend but I mean you can't take it away from Morocco but I mean the Ronaldo tears is what we'll all that's what makes the back pages that sort of stuff but Ronaldo knows that he knows that there's a little he'll still be in the headlines I don't think uh, I don't think I don't think he'll ever play in England again uh, I don't think any club in England would have him. I mean, you're not you're not seriously suggesting he'd be lining out for Blackburn Rovers next year, Jaron, in the Championship. Are you? I do think that he could continue to play to these 40, 41, 42, right? Yeah. Like, and there's a level that you're like, will I play in the MLS? Yeah, I probably will play in the MLS. But like, there's also enough money in some of those places. There's a, there's a good chance that some rich American owner looks at what Wrexham are doing and thinks, well, I'll just like skip six years and the TV part of it. Mm. and buy a team in the championship and then Ronaldo could easily end up playing in the championship that's no. like his ego his ego is far too big for that but if you're if, if you're in front of a crowd of 35,000 week in week out because you've, you've signed Ronaldo when he's 41 and he's scoring 37 goals and you're oh, getting but, promoted but his ego would only allow him to play at the and top, you're giving top him, teams you're giving him 200 grand a week his ego his ego's broken now where's he he's going to Saudi Arabia yeah, but that, that, that's that, that's for the money. I mean, he's like, yeah, well, it's either ego, it's either footballing ego or money. And all right, okay. The Saudi money is just. Well, look, we already have Rory on to hear about the Blackburn show. That's why I picked. That's why yeah, I picked. I knew Blackburn. you picked that for Rory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not happy with that at all. 
Um, look, he could he could very well he could very well be back in European football again a few years time. Someone's going to take a chance at him. Someone will need some goals. Probably a, like a nice. Sam Allardyce style January emergency signing. He could well be back, but I don't think he will be. I think that's it. And I think uh, this is the bookmark in Cristiano Ronaldo's career. It was the Nadir against Morocco, where he wasn't really effective when he came on. Mm. Was he 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 completed five passes? Three of them were intercepted. That was his uh, impact from fifty-one minutes onwards. Pretty poor. That's it. Yeah. Well, look, Ronaldo finished at international level. Well, he, look, he could come back and win the Euros in a couple of years' time in Germany. Not saying it's going to happen, but uh, you never know with Ronaldo. Uh, and then Neymar, um, the coward that is, that wouldn't take the first penalty. So that's uh, in the red. We'll move on to the next one. Ulster and Munster. Um, slightly in the red, although we might start with Munster because although they lost it to lose, you'd have to say there are bright shoots there. Um, now, for anyone who watched the game, you probably would have done well to have seen the game because the fog, I mean, there was great images of uh, Keith Wood alongside Tommy Rooney on reports for off the ball at the weekend and uh, I was watching the video of Keith afterwards and to say he was wrapped up well would be an understatement. I mean, the scarf, the hat, it was absolutely Baltic looking down there on uh, on the weekend. Um, Antoine Dupont, inspiring to lose to the win, you'd have to say. Um, so the second half, the fog starts getting heavier, the play starts getting a bit scrappier. But I mean, Munster, Joey Carberry was brilliant. This is the Carberry we want to see starting in the Six Nations, lads, isn't it? This is the, I don't know where you all stand on that particular point, but there was only five points separating these two teams later on, um, and you kind of were thinking Munster going to push on here, potentially find a winner. Uh, couldn't quite do it, but you'd have to look at the, the game now this Friday. So they're visiting Northampton Saints. It's probably the perfect team to play. Like, hammered at La Rochelle at the weekend. Northampton so you're thinking if Munster can get this back on track and try and get out of this group then they're going to have to get a win this Friday night so it's it's kind of come at them fast if you lose your opening pool game in the, in the Heineken Champions Cup uh, it's fairly difficult for you to push on from there um, but I think if you're a Munster fan this morning you're fairly encouraged because even before this game three game winning streak that includes the South Africa game of course against the South Africa Select um, but there were plenty and plenty of positives and Graham Rountree will be fairly pleased uh, starting strongly, they were aggressive. They had intensity in, uh, in the rock as well. I don't know. Uh, regardless of the of the, the five point defeat, lads, I think if you're a Munster fan this morning, you're thinking, "Ah, oh, that was all right." More fog than in the movie The Fog, says Mark C in the YouTube comments. In fairness, it was pretty foggy. It was absolutely, it was insane at one point. <laughs> Craig Doyle at the end was like, oh, "I hope you enjoy that second half." I didn't see much of it. <laughs> when the when the TV broadcaster is telling you that I didn't write that much, did something mm. happened. I couldn't I couldn't see. It was uh, tricky. I don't know if Munster. I don't like. You can't be happy. You got to be happy that some progress is being made. But like, it's a long, slow road to get to where they want to get to. If now all of a sudden it's okay to be beaten at home. Ah, but it's I mean? the context of where, yeah. context of where they are. So yeah, that, yeah. Like, three okay. defeat or three wins before that. Yeah. South Africa, Canada, context uh, of where they are. Like Edinburgh, not so yeah. bad. But then to lose to the multiple time champions, top of top fourteen. You know, it's like, okay. <laughs> all right, this is a reasonable. But even even under Johan van Grand, they managed to draw the game last year and, and take it to penalty Johan van Grand. So yeah, that's where they are. But like, last year they did better when they had a an inferior coach. Considering the start, yeah. But under Roundtree, they've been like so inconsistent to start with had that mini decent run so I think it wasn't like there was a mutiny atonement they, I think they, they put the conditions of the mind and the opposition into the factor that alright this is probably where they are at the moment five point defeat one score you have to remember 22 so first happy, game you're happy not happy I'm you're, saying you're, it's, it's, you're, uh, it's a, a reasonable 
uh, reasonably acceptable defeat. What would I you mean, we live in this age now where every time your team loses, that it's an absolute outrage and like just straight into the radar ah, performance. Spare me the whole, just like this. Spare me the old man shedding. Well, you have to assess like, performance as well, Jeff, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and I thought, I thought in the first <laughs> half, I thought in the first half, they were creating chances and, they, and there was a period in the first 20 minutes where they were dominant and they got one try and. Uh, Toulouse got one opportunity and they Push scored. On, yeah. Look, Toulouse are an excellent side, right? But Munster don't have that killer dog just yet and we need to see more of that. And I I just, it's great that the, the patterns of play are emerging, mm. but when when does the killer instinct emerge? When do we start seeing them benefiting okay. from good play? Yeah. Um, maybe it's not this year at all. I don't know. Maybe, and maybe that's what the expect, uh, expectation is and... They almost feel like they're going through the rebuilding phase still, and that that you, you need to give them some credit for that. I mean, if they're not going to be the end product straight away, I felt like a couple of years ago when Toulouse beat Munster behind closed doors during the COVID era, I was thinking, oh, before the game of the weekend, I was thinking, well, the fans are there now. There's twenty two thousand odd fans turning up in Thomond Park during the fog and the cold. I thought that's going to maybe push them over the line here. The concern is that they couldn't towards the end when they get within five points, and you're thinking. Can they push on here? I know Carberry missed the kick in the first half, for example. It would have been tighter than, than it uh, was in the end. But I don't know. I, there, there were definite positives to take. You, ha- you have to look at the positive. I, the concerning thing for me, I said the fact that they have three, three games left. Northampton Saints on Friday. They have to lose away in January. That's, that's, the, that's the worry for me. Tricky. That's a pretty tricky game. So, ah, yeah. Gone so, are the days of months losing home where it's absolutely seismic news and it leads the news agenda. That's probably the yeah. biggest reason that it's, it's sad demise. But still, in the context of where they are, it's not so bad. But your beloved Ulster, ah, here. they got a hammering. Sorry, but I mean, I don't know, I don't know if anyone expected that result. 39 points. Considering the season that they've had. Yeah, yeah. I, I was uh, fairly shocked. Now, if you look at the, the men they didn't have involved, Ian Henderson, John Cooney, Rob Balakoon, um not to mind the travel chaos that they had as well. So they had the, the flights cancelled. They were at the airport the day before. Um, and sitting at the airport, flights postponed, pushed back a number of times. They eventually gave up, came back the next day. They were only on the plane six hours before the game kicked off in sale, which uh, isn't the ideal preparation for Ulster. Look, they're a well-conditioned professional outfit, so blaming the travel chaos for the result would be a bit stupid. But... It's still not, a, not an ideal preparation when you're getting an airplane six hours before you, you play a Heineken Champions Cup game. Still embarrassing. I, I don't, yeah. you know, um, fair enough, right? You, you Put the excuses out there. Sorry, I've got them out of the way. Yeah, a really embarrassing performance. Mulster, like, uh, cataclysmic in terms of where they thought they were versus last season when, you know, they were incredibly unlucky and they were very, very exciting. And even when, uh, you know, it was, was it 27 uh, nil with, like, 15 minutes left to go basically it was like mm. 13 minutes left to go and instead of them being the ones who scored a couple of tries to you know uh, take some of the bad luck off or show that actually we've showed up here today you know work their way in get past that they completely fell apart yeah it, like and to put this into context as to how rarely this happens for Ulster nilled for the first time ever in European competition and it's the first time they've been held without a single point in any competition in 14 years. Really, really embarrassing. Like, really, really fundamentally embarrassing for Ulster. And because we, we, we thought that they had made so much progress. Like, it looks like they have strength and depth, notwithstanding the fact that they're missing those players. Like, you know, the players who were replacing those players are all very good players. Yeah, and, but the cons- yeah, 100%. But the, the concern for me was that they couldn't even, they couldn't even have a, a, anything resembling a spell of possession. Like they couldn't, they literally couldn't keep the ball. Never. Like the, the defense was clearly porous, 
Uh, and any time Sale got the ball, you, you thought this is going to be a try. But the the really worrying for Ulster thing for Ulster would possibly be that this could have been worse. Like it was thirty nine points to nil, and I'm sitting here on the Monday morning going that could have been worse for Ulster. Um, they just had nothing to offer, absolutely nothing to offer. I'm not saying there's any going to be any pressure whatsoever necessarily on Dan McFarlane. This is look, the first game of the Champions Cup. There's still time to recover. Um, but you look at the games. So. Ulster have La Rochelle in Belfast next Saturday. Big game. I mean, all of a sudden it takes on cataclysmic proportions, that match. All of a sudden you're looking at that game going, well, if Ulster were to lose again, and to lose, not quite as embarrassingly, but they're at home, so even to lose by you know, 10, 12 points to La Rochelle next weekend, all of a sudden the pressure coming on the management is fierce. And it shows how quickly rugby can come at you, because you mentioned it, Colin, like, they've been good this season. I haven't, uh, any Ulster fan would have enjoyed watching them playing so far, but uh, the game on the game of the weekend was just um, very, very, very concerning. All right, so I don't know where they go. That's it. They're in the red. Well, let's they, let's keep going. They deserve it. So we'll, we'll bring the amber in. Uh, but Quinny coming up a little bit later on. So if you're watching this on YouTube, go and uh, see what Quinny has to say, uh, or subscribe to the OTB Rugby feed wherever you get your podcasts. England in the amber, uh, and the way Colum you pitched this to me last night was bottlers. Or valiant. What is wrong with you? <laughs> this is the question. How are they in the amber? Well, where do you think they deserve? How this? are they in the amber? What 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 bit of this is like? Oh, you're in the amber. Oh, well done. They played oh. well. Um, Sunday night. How did how did Denmark do? Sunday against? night WhatsApp uh, did, reconstruction. Sure, I was thinking there uh, we should put England in the amber because like it's actually up for debate. Careful, was now. that a disgrace or was this uh, was it valiant? And you were like, oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, because it allows us to talk about how nonsensical. So they, you they, think they—they they, they, just wanted to throw shots. You go out in a World Cup quarter final when you've got the chance to win the game. It's a—it's a sporting disaster, right? Like we—we we can all accept yeah. it. It's not really a disaster, but it's a disaster from an English football perspective because it's a World Cup that's right there for the winning. You just listed off all the players that Ulster are missing. Yeah, the players that France are missing include the Ballon d'Or winner. The best central midfielder that Europe has had over the last 10 years. Paul Pogba, who they managed to turn into somebody. And a bunch of other players, including their first choice left back. The second choice left back turns out pretty good, you know. Yeah. Like, with all due respect, when you have them on the rack, you have to win. Otherwise, there's something wrong. This is your golden generation. In four years' time, they'll still be really young. It'll be great. You haven't a clue what's going to happen in four years' time. You don't know that every player is going to go in a straight line and continue to be successful. Four years ago, everybody would have said, in four years' time, Jack Grealish is going to be great. He'll be at the peak of his powers. Can't get in the team. Can't get in the team. Like, the notion that this is like, oh, England are building towards something. It's, we're, we're right there. No, you had the moment. You had the World Cup champions on the rack and you could do nothing with it. Mm. You, could do, you didn't know what to do. You were like, oh, we're creating chances here. Or we're having pot shots from distance. Like... It's just, and the, the fallout has been, we were the best team in the tournament. I'm watching the French go and they've given, um, who was it? They give Declan Rice the Thibaut Courtois award on uh, French social media because it's like, oh, apart from the goals, we were the better team. It's like, yeah, hilarious. The French are laughing. They are laughing because they know at the end, the only thing that matters is what the score on the scoreboard says. The only, right, Sorry. The notion that England are in How did Denmark do against France? Great for 15 minutes. They were brilliant. And how did, how did Denmark's World Cup go? Oh, shite. That's what it is. And the Danes are sitting around going, well, we were brilliant for 15 minutes against the French. Can I remind you that this is the Gillette Lab performance rankings, not results rankings. 
Okay. Fair point. Fair point. They played, I thought, quite well. The game really could have gone either way. It pains I would love to say, oh, they battled it and France were way better than them. But, like, we could have the exact same conversation about France if England had taken their chances versus France's chances, which weren't much better. It was an extremely even game. I thought, France, I thought France were much better in the first half. I thought England were sensational in the second half. I thought they played really, really well. Very good. Uh, and now, when Harry Kane stood up for this penalty, we've all discussed this pre-show, and I've had it over a weekend. Where were you for the Harry Kane penalty already? Is a where were you moment. And Kathleen was saying she was in a pub in Dublin. She said it was the loudest cheer she's ever heard. And she's been at that pub for other games, including Ireland. And it was still the loudest cheer she's ever heard. We have the picture on screen. Like, Where's look the ball? Where's the ball? It. You can't see him in the, the white of the England uh, Where is the ball? fans in the jersey. Oh, jerseys. it's just over the crossbar. Just, I see it there, uh, yeah. touching the crossbar. And it goes miles over. We still Johnny Wilkinson. So yeah. don't know. Uh, the pub I was in also went absolutely bloobers mm. when he put it over. And I was delighted because I, had, uh, I was supposed to go for dinner at nine, right? And I was like, this is an 84th minute penalty. It was like, first of all, Harry King's going to score this penalty. Like, there's no doubt about that in my mind. It's like, I can't be on my phone during dinner watching extra time, just like I was for the previous 24 hours in the Netherlands against Argentina, which was like the greatest World Cup game ever. Um, and I was like, oh, no, I'm going to miss it. So I was so happy for many reasons that he put it over. Then I woke up Sunday morning and the most common WhatsApp video I was sent was Harry Kane with a video with Johnny Wilkinson from the 2018 comic relief on BBC. I couldn't believe I that believe was four years it. ago. I believe we have it. Here, Here we go. go. So uh, I'd say everyone's seen this, lads, have they, by now? Because just like millions, billions of views it is. Are you going to explain what's happening? So Kane's taking a penalty. John no, Bishop, the no, comedian's no, no. overseeing that he's coaching. In the virtual yeah. is Johnny Wilkinson <laughs> Let me show and you. Harry Kane. And uh, the respective sports, they're using a football here. Take penalty. Wilkinson saying, no, 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 Harry, that's not how you do it. Harry's just scored a penalty, put in the goal. Wilkinson steps up for his penalty. Puts it miles over the bar. Harry Kane's like, but you put it way over. And he was like, yeah, yeah, that's how you do it. That's how you do it in my sport. He's like, okay. Harry's like, oh, okay, okay. I'll try World that Cup myself. That's how it's I a won a World Cup with England. Okay. You talked over the, the good line there, Colm. Go ahead, do it again. Take two. Yes. That's what he does there. Harry Kane. Yes. Harry, much better. That's the one. I mean, look. It's good. We love it. We do love it, let's be honest. The, the Monaghan pub I was in was very sad and emotional, as you can imagine, at that moment. Um, a lot of sympathy for Harry Kane in the pub. Um, it was upsetting. It was very upsetting to see him sad. Um, they missed it. They missed what? They missed your line. What was the line? That's how you win the World Cup. They didn't miss it. I think they did. They missed it when when Johnny <laughs> Wilkinson <laughs> said it. That's how you lose a World Cup. Um, look, they're in the amber because there are positive shoots here. Do you think it was in his head? Of course, it was in his head. That uh, Johnny that, that shoot. Oh no, sorry, that there, that there moment. No, no, not at all. The brain is very complex. It's a very, yeah, oh, no, very no. complex organism. What was in his head was, if I score this penalty, I'm England's leading goal scorer of all yeah, time. That's another point. That that's a big, big thing. He was level in ring at 53 goals. Didn't Lineker miss the penalty that would have made him? I'm fairly sure that Lineker missed the penalty that would have made him the outright. To do it at a World Cup, Harry. Oh, to do it at a World Cup. I would say more so. It's my club teammate, and he's he's thinking. Uh, Hugo's thinking. I'm going to do the same thing here, and he, by the looks of it, went for the exact same thing. Second time around, Apparently, and he got too much on it. No, I don't think he went for the same thing. It was, it was, I think he was aiming for the same corner, Kane. But it's too, too, it was middle left. The middle. I, th- I think that's what he was. I'm just going to. No, it was. Right the, it was. Yeah, I think he was going left, left again. Yeah. I think he was going left, and he but just put way too much on it. Then he completely toughed it. <laughs> yeah, he just threw <laughs> it. That's, like, like, that's no. what he was trying to do. Uh, I, I think, think it was. I've heard it actually mentioned to me that um, Kane shouldn't have taken the second penalty. And I was like, that's a ridiculous notion. Apparently 83% of players score the second when they've, when they've hit the first, if you do get two penalties in a match. I was never more convinced that someone was scoring a penalty. I was, I was genuinely a little yeah. bit shocked when it went over. I do think that, um, you know, Jamie Carragher, oh, this is great, we're doing, everything's going great, we're all amazing. Like, it feels a little bit like how, 
I remember after the the Euros when we reached the last 16 and we were 1-0 up against the French. I remember thinking, oh, this is a bright new day for the Republic of Ireland. Look at that midfield trio just coming into the peak of their careers. James McCarthy, uh, who else was there? Robbie and who, 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 who was there three? What? Who was there, who was there three? Um, McCarthy, Robbie Brady, Jeff Hendrick. Jeff Hendrick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just absolutely oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is going to be four years of greatness from Ireland. And England are like, yeah, we're, we're going to be great. We're just not today. England are going to be great. We can't be great today. They're not. They are going to be great. They are, England, are, they have such a good squad. They have ah, such yeah. a good squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, the, all the great teams have great squads. It's only two years squads. time. Sure, Jude's only 19. You think they're going to win the Euros in Germany? I don't. I, 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 I never. I, I never. I'm never Today's confident. Gonna, I'm never confident going to win anything. But I'm just saying that they have a great squad. Well then, well then what's your point? That they have a great squad. You're like, oh, that's it for them. You're kind of intimating the fact that this is it. Isn't it? There is something wrong. How are we only on amber? It's five past eight. There's something wrong. If you can't get through these games where you're like you're the better team, there's something wrong. And and look, maybe Tuchel is the person they're talking about taking the job. Although the Telegraph are like, are we ready for a German or are we ready for a Northern Irishman? Will the no surrender brigade accept? Uh, uh, I'm like, what? Yeah. How is that even an issue? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Look, well, I'm sure Daniel Harris will say more about it, but apparently FA want Southgate to stay and yeah. Southgate seriously considering his future because he's had a tough last 18 months, as he alluded to. Since the penalties against Italy, 4-0 Nadir at home to Hungary in Wolves when he was destroyed by the crowd. And he hasn't forgot that. He brought that up. He, he saved that. Yeah, My point up. is that there's no guarantee that because you play well in a World Cup quarterfinal that all of a sudden of that, that you're going to somehow find that everybody else stops getting better at the same time and you're the only team who progresses and therefore it's going to be relatively straightforward for you. It's not. That was it. There's absolutely no guarantee. came up against yeah. a, a French side, critically weakened, who played badly and they still lost. That could great, be it. A great squad. And they got two penalties. That could, be, that could be it. That could be the height of where they go. That's but at the same point, time, it it's only, But it's only two years away. The Euros are only two years away. But whatever so the Euros a lot of their core players will get better with clubs in the next two years. Maybe, they should be better. Maybe. But there's no guarantees. But exactly. they should be. Exactly. I, my, my prediction so is that they're going to get they're better. They're in the red. You blew the chance to they're win the World Amber. Cup. They, they should have been in the red. Very well. I don't think there's much more they could do. Amber suggests you're progressing towards green. They are Bellingham. That's Jude exactly Bellingham my point. Amber. Is that they're progressing towards green? That's exactly my point. How did they do in the last World Cup? The last World Cup semi-final. How did they do in this World Cup? Quarter final. Is that progress? Who did they play? Reverse. Who did they play? Beep, beep, who did they play? Beep, beep. Who did they play in the 2018 World Cup? Who did they play? Was a good impersonation of a dump truck. Who did they play? They just played a French side who are critically weakened. The French side who've looked the, the, the best last, team in the tournament. The last team have they? I would say they've looked the best team. Oh, in the the, sorry, England were the best team in the tournament according to some of the stuff that I've read. Was that Carragher as well? Probably. So it's your uh, narrative, as the fella says, because uh, look, we got to go onto the green because we're winning. Sorry, Sam Matterface, we got we needed Lineker and we got Waddle. Hey, you, I, I, is that that bad? He's right. It was a bit harsh. Well, was it though? Let's go. Uh, let's, you were laughing. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Uh, we got to go to the green. Pub in Ireland was like, yeah, it's Claire Waddle. We got to go to the green. We got to go. Please, we're way behind. Yeah, we'll move on. Green, Croatia, and Morocco. Uh, will this be the final? Probably not. Could it be the final? Who knows? Because they both played really well. Uh, Modric running the show for Croatia again. Yeah. Population of 4 million. We keep banging on about that. But um, it needs to be mentioned because they are constantly, constantly there thereabouts in these major tournaments. Um, and it's, it's perhaps the best thing we can say about Croatia is that we're not surprised that they're in a quarterfinal, that they're in a semi-final now. Uh, we wouldn't be surprised if they got to a final because they were there in 2018, of course. Um, uh, look, we've, we've already t- touched on Croatia enough. But Morocco, that's how we need to talk about it because what they're doing, first African nation to ever reach the World Cup semi-finals. Could they be the first African nation to beat the make the World Cup final? Quite possibly. Um, France certainly won't, won't have it easy in that semi-final this week. 
Uh, but Portugal starting brightly, you're getting chances, you're thinking, okay, this, this Portuguese team are going to win this match. But uh, Sofyan Amrabat, the man of the match for Morocco, I just want to give him a special mention because uh, he only touched the ball 32 times apparently in the 90 minutes, but every time he touched the ball, you could see Ali McCoist getting remarkably excited in, um, in stoppage time when he wins the ball and runs forward with it and leads from the front again. Uh, so, so people like Amrabat just sum up what this Moroccan team is all about. They just don't concede that many chances. Now, Portugal had the odd chance. Gonzalo Ramos had the header that he should have done better with. Ronaldo with a half chance that Bono saved. Pepe. Uh, Pepe's header, well. yeah, yeah of course. So there was moments where you think Portugal could have scored there, but uh, under Regragate, uh, they just don't concede goals. Yeah. They only conceded once. And it? that was their own goal. It was goal the only goal of the tournament, yeah. So uh, since he took over. Also, well, Gavin Comiskey was at the game, so we'll definitely talk to Gavin about it. Quick word on uh, Glenn. Yeah, Glenn, also in the green, and uh, deservedly so. Maliki O'Rourke is a footballing guru, lads. Um, architect of success, it just follows him around everywhere he goes, the loop. Hard to believe, 2003 Ulster Club champions, so it's, it's not his first time doing it. But every team he takes over, even T. Holland was his first management job in Monaghan in 2001, takes him to senior for the first ever time. Uh, so he's unbelievable. Uh, they only led for three and a half minutes of the semi-final last year, as Carol O'Kane pointed out on Twitter. They were ahead for 63 minutes of the 60 they played yesterday. Uh, the 112-16 to win against Kilku. Uh, they were brilliant. Conleth McGuckian, man of the match, played remarkably well. Connor Glass in that midfield, alongside Emmett Bradley. That's an inter-county uh, midfield never mind anything else and then there's the sledging you heard about Conor Glass afterwards will we have the clip Conor Glass speaking to Ashley O'Reilly after the game here's what we have to say talk to me about the intensity out there I've covered a lot of games this is probably one of the most intense games that I've covered from on the pitch to up on the stands to on the sidelines yeah um, that, that's Kulku sort of that's the, that's the way they play and we had a match we had a match their intensity um, they They've been to the three Ulster finals. They're all in champions last year, so it's that's a testament to those boys to go back year on year and stick at it. All those articles I speak about the Brannigans talking about like, this is what they do and this is their sole focus, and you can see why why they've reached this pinnacle. Um, but I guess we had that age, we had that heartbreak from last year, um, and that's what got us over the line today. Yeah, very intense game, but a lot of respect out there because you do respect what Kulku have done for the game and for Ulster football. Uh, there was a lot of respect, but there's some respect that I don't have for some of the players. Like, um, but that's just that's just the way football is. Um, like, I'm not going to say like what stays in the pitch, like stays in the pitch, like, but it's it is what it is. What are you talking about? Maybe the midfield battle that was one battle in particular that was a very tough one. Uh, I'll say nothing about it. All right, it's like there's some sportsmanship you like, like you can get on with, but then there's some, I guess, stuff you can't just forget. Like, so it is what it is. Yeah, uh, that was that was very interesting. Because you, you don't, he was, he was clearly human. He was clearly livid, yeah. I mean, he's holding <laughs> back there, obviously, there. needless to say. Uh, but only, only just. Like, he's, there's something inside him that is like, something really bad was said. Something bad happened there. And he is very, very annoyed about it. Because at the end of the game, when it went full time, him and a couple of others were still involved in something. Yeah. You know, normally once the, once the final whistle goes, there's an immediate, okay, grand, or whatever, whatever's happened, happened. But there wasn't that stage. I did feel like when the pitch invasion happened, this could get a little bit tasty. Mm. And then the flares were like, are the flares masking anything? Show us a bit more of those scenes. And then they're celebrating on the sideline. It's like, fair play to Malik, it's amazing. Like, incredible. What yeah. an incredible career he's putting together. But Connor Glass, he's a tough man. And something had pissed him off to the point where Ashing's like, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice like, oh yeah, of course we respect him. And no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not giving you my respect after that. <laughs> I don't respect that. I mean, next year it's Sorry. tasty. 
100%. It's created a rivalry that we've we've been looking for, probably in Ulster Club football again since the cross days. But the the speech from the captain, Conor Carville, as well, Jar afterwards, like he referenced people saying they were mentally weak, they lacked leaders, they had no characters. These Len lads had a be in their bonnet. And they've read everything. 100%. And the Brannigans during the week doing all their interviews, he was like, oh yeah, I mean, obviously it showed us what it means to them, but there was a, there was a sense of like, none of our boys are going to be doing those AIB gigs. Yeah, yeah. Let's just wait and see now, if any of them. And look, I was, I was, um, I was on to Conor Glass last week, and I'm sure he won't mind me saying, he was keeping the head down. He very much wasn't going to talk last week. Malachi O'Rourke was talking to him last week. He was very much keeping the head down. They were like, we'll talk to you after. Somebody else if can we do win. that. Exactly. So uh, he left it to them. Uh, they were brilliant. And, and like, <laughs> I don't know, Ender Gormley has to get a mention here for all the work he's done with this team. Like, this Glen team with, with the best minor team in Ulster, the best 21s team as well. And they finally kind of, like, look, they love their football up in Maharal. Myself and Joe were at a roadshow up there during the year when Derry were on their uh, run towards the All-Ireland All semi-final. They were class. And uh, they deserved it yesterday. The, the standard as well of club football with the split season is only going to get better and yesterday showed it. Um, I just, look, I, I said it a couple of weeks ago on the show and I'm not saying I told you so, but I did say Glenn would, would probably beat Kilku in the Ulster Club final. I you, do. Are, you are saying I told you so and you did also for, for you know, this this clip won't do 100,000 views, but yeah. go on. I did say and, and stand by it that Glenn will go on and win, win the All-Ireland this year. Um, and I said that two weeks ago, mind you, before this game happened, uh, I think I think Glenn will have too much for Moy Cullen. It's a it's a repeat, by the way, of 2004 when uh, Malachy took the loop from Derry against the Galway and Connacht champions Caltra, both the uh, first time provincial uh, semi finalists at that point. So uh, go on to play Moy Cullen. I think they'll have too much for Moy Cullen. And then in the final, I mean, it's going to be Kevin Cullen. Let's be honest. With all respect to Cairns or Ahlis, and stick that on your dressing room wall if you want. But I think the Kevin Glen final could be an all time classic. Uh, I just fancied letting it over the line. All right, 15 minutes past eight this morning. Big call from our Ulster football correspondent in the Gillette Labs performance rankings. That was your Gillette Labs performance rankings. OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.